2: Lucky I got the program right. Your Serene Highness Dale Bridge, how art thou?
0: I'm very well, thank you. How are you, Joe?
2: Uh, I'm well. I just I just like looking at you because you just remind me of a rock, <laughs> you know, immovable. Uh, I did a eulogy for a Joy French last Week, um. you remember little, little Joy in her eighties used to bring pavlovas and cakes here, mm. and uh, she had a heart of gold and a spine of steel. And that, and you remind me of Joy in that way—a <laughs> heart of gold, your serene highness, and a spine of steel. <laughs> <We'll> now, <see. laughs> I, wanna, I know you've got a spine of steel. Now we have an interesting guest today. Yes, Not special. We obviously have. He's special. <laughs> and we have the Reverend Bill William Naji. <laughs> How are you? Oh, good, I guess you oh, thanks, thanks for having
0: us. Ed. Good, good. Okay. Now, just pronounce <coughs> your name for us. Well, Hungarian, it's Nodge. Nodge. So, um, N-A-G-Y, and in English, anything from Nagy to <laughs> Nágy to however <laughs> people want to pronounce
2: it. And how do you pronounce it in English? Nágy. Um, Nágy. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah, yeah. People just don't, they don't just look at you and say Nágy?
0: No, they seem to pick... It, it seems up. to be
2: manageable for them, yeah. yeah that's the problem yeah. with multicultural society, isn't it? We kind of accept any name, don't we? Yeah,
0: and then yeah. try and, try and anglicise it sort of thing. Oh, yeah, 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 like yeah. mate.
2: Now, Bill, we only asked two questions. You have yeah. 55 minutes to answer them, and the first question takes six seconds to answer. <laughs> <laughs> so the first question is... Drum roll. We've got a drum roll for the first question? No, come on. <laughs> you're a, you're, a, you're, a, you're a lead singer. Come on. Thank you. <laughs> what year were you born? In nineteen fifty-one. Fifty-one. A yeah. great year. A great year that was. I was born in fifty-one. So. Oh right, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> two old farts talking for an hour. <laughs> Switch off the radio, I suggest. Now, in fifty-one, and what's the earliest thing you can remember?
0: Well. um, Probably being in hungry and um, remembering that under my mum and dad's bed there was a big pile of machine guns and hand grenades and those sorts of things. <laughs> excuse me, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> excuse me. How old were you? <laughs> would have been about five or five, five thereabouts. Five, yeah. five or four, so this or something like night,
2: that. the famous nineteen fifty-six, is it? Yeah, it would have been yeah, the yeah, fifty-six. Um,
0: Dad was a partisan against the communist takeover of Hungary, right? And um, and he was an activist sort of thing, and he'd also been in the German army, but the Germs had finished, that thing had finished by then, and then he went back home, and the Russians were moving in here, so he was a partisan. And we of somewhere along the line we were related to the Prime Minister, who was Imre Noich, who was in those days. Prime Ministers were people with conviction. They laid down their lives for their for their uh, countries and things like This guy eventually got executed, I think, but he was a, a yeah. great political leader. Yeah. But somewhere along the line where we're related sort of things, right. you know. Yeah. Nage is a bit like Smith
2: in Australia. Australia. Is it right. <laughs> <laughs> so machine guns and yeah. hand grenades, you've actually got a clear memory of that. Yes, I do, yeah. Under the bed. Yeah. And do you have any brothers and sisters at that stage? Yes,
0: I had uh, one, one older sister, One a few older, years sister. Old, but, yes. Did she look under
2: the bed too? Um, I can't remember. Can't, can't remember. remember. So what, you just wandered in and saw all the stuff under the bed one yeah, day? Yeah, sort of just somehow fixated. Yeah? Yeah. 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 A, a strange thing. I mean, I, yeah. I remember finding my old man's cash stash, but no guns. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's
0: yeah. a few vivid memories of that and then living near a, a limestone sort of a, a quarry and then our escape from Hungary. Those, some of those sorts of things were still oh, vivid. Right. So Have you got any,
2: any memories of the escape from Hungary in Yeah, 56? I remember
0: um, we had to hide, hide in haystacks and that and we had to cross over the border to Austria. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we hid there, you know, twilight sort of when the sun was going down and then sort of uh, crossed about a five-mile border. Just a number of families had been worded up and, and they all... Were moved, had to move together, and while there was patrols and things like that, we had to cross over to, to the German side where there was um, refugees being picked up and um, mm. were were then taken mm. to safety. Do you remember any uh, dogs,
2: lights, or barbed wire? Lights,
0: yeah, li- lights where you could see the patrols coming. I remember oh. my sister
2: screaming, and we had to parents had to calm her down, and uh, so. Mm. Just sort of, yeah. So this was after. Just, just explain to people what actually happened in '56 in Hungary in the streets of Hungary.
0: I don't, I don't know too much about it. All I, all I know is that um, just, just those, those points that um, that the 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 Germans, the thing with that, Dad's work with. The, he was an SS with the German the Gestapo, that sort of stuff. Mm. The because Australia, I mean, I mean Hungary and um, Germany were allies. So when that finished, he came back to Hungary and then. Um, he did spend some time in a concentration camp. I don't know that he didn't talk about much no, about war, no. but then, then I understand that the communists were coming in with their tanks, and there was partisan trying to stop it, and people who were activists like me dad would would have been executed. So we had to, as a family, had to try and escape. So that's there, there's there's mm. just some of the sketches.
2: Parents didn't speak much about those sorts of things, but no. that's all I can remember. Not the type of people we should send to Nauru, Manus Island. That's what we do today, yeah. don't we? To yeah. people like you, yeah, that's you, right. Well, you were I mean, genuine refugees. Yeah, well, the, the, you know, the, the attitude border. the attitude towards refugees is markedly
0: different from you know when they were bringing them in in around about 1956, 57 to what it is today. Markedly different.
2: Mm. How long did you last
0: uh, in the refugee camp in Austria? In in was well, it Austria or Germany? Uh, no, they we crossed over to to Germany mm. and then they somehow. They they moved us up somewhere where there were ships. It might be through Italy or something, and then the, the Fair Sea, that was one of the ships that was bringing migrant refugees out here. Then we landed somewhere near Sydney, and then they put an in, us into Bonagula, which is, I'm not exactly sure. I think it might be somewhere in New South Wales, somewhere mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And then gradually the um, th- then they relocated somewhere down in Ringwood, and then Dad got a job. He was a welder fitter, and then he got a job and... Um, we were living in one room for about um, or for six months or whatever. This was in Ringwood? Yes, something yeah. like Heathmine, Ringwood, that area. Yeah. And then he started building a house, um, worked and then started building a house and um, all by his own two-storey two brick house. He worked really hard through clay, right from scratch, right up. And when he was nearly finished, had to you know, sell it quickly because of foreclosure, bank foreclosures, and then we moved out towards Ballarat. Yep. mm hmm mm mm-hmm. And uh, so, where did you go to primary school? Um, started at uh, Our, Lady of, Our Lady of Perpetual Sucker in. Uh, Sucker, not suffering. <laughs> Sucker. Sucker, in, Sucker. Uh, <laughs> Sucker, not suffering.
2: It wasn't, it wasn't like, was it uh, Our Ladies of uh, Perpetual, War, was it? Uh, Indulgence. Indulgence in Sunday. <laughs> no, nothing related no. to that order, was no, it? No, no. No, no. <laughs> right. no.
0: And so, anyway, so went there and uh, um, must have been going there for a few few years or whatever. Well, mm. But uh, I didn't do very well at school because we're always speaking Hungarian at home mm-hmm. and go to school and, and um, still have trouble with grammar. I did a uni degree but still have trouble writing English right. and the grammar and stuff. But uh, you yeah, started there and then um, – so I think we must have gone there for a few years but in uh, – would have been around about 1961, thereabouts, we moved from uh, – from Heathmont out to Ballarat on a little farm out there. No water, no electricity, nothing sort of thing. Nothing. And what did your parents think about that, having (laughs) to move? Well, it was disappointing because Dad had worked his guts out to try and build this house. And then then it all sort of – the bank stepped in and took it. And then uh, – so they would have been disappointed. As kids, we wouldn't have picked up a lot of – probably would have been about 10, didn't pick up on a lot of the no. deeper issues for the parents. But then, you know, then we moved out to Ballarat and uh, just slogged it there sort of thing. That was a, a real family effort, um, just an old little tin cubby, a little house sort of thing no. and no, no water, nothing, and just had to work – Work the land and that to so you're working the land outside. Yeah, well, Dad was working as a as a, fit, as a welder fitter in mm-hmm. a factory in Ballarat, and um, we'd be on the farm and had pigs and and uh, some grainy type things, potatoes, all that sort of stuff. So if the um, if the pig market failed, then uh, w- then we'd sell the grain, that type of thing. Yep. And if the if um, if the, if, the um, if if the grain failed, then we'd fatten the pigs and sell them. So it's just that yeah, so type that, of thing. Do you,
2: you still go to primary school?
0: Still oh. went to went to Bellarote East, um, Saint Elipus, some of these schools whoa, 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 that were yeah. right in the uh, in firing the line, Saint Elipus
2: yeah. and then St. Pet's at sort of thing. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah, Did you have any un- unusual experiences? at Saint no, no, Nothing. Nothing. I mean, Nothing.
0: No, I didn't, no, just didn't a notice anything. So.
2: Did you learn did you
0: learn much? No, I didn't. Um I was always um well did sort of um they, they pushed us through to, you know, grade six, all that, so then then put into secondary schools. pets College, quite an advanced sort of private thing. Dad wanted, Mum and Dad wanted the best for us. But um, the standards were quite high and they were trying to teach us Latin French, all these sorts of things. On. As yeah. I said, we're still speaking Hungarian at at home. You would come on the f- home on the farm. There was only candles, that sort of stuff. Nowhere to study. You'd come home, be feeding the pigs and stuff. So what was happening? I failed year year seven and year eight in a row. I got big hidings from there because he was paying out big money for the right, schooling, wanted right. to do the best, and but I wasn't performing, and he, he didn't realise that at home you'd. You know, to achieve that sort of stuff, you'd have to be able to study in that. Or actually be able be to read. Plus, was stuffed.
2: You know. Yeah, you'd be able to read in yeah. the candlelight, you know. You well, just not
0: just that, but I had no grammar, no English, nothing. I just no. couldn't put sentences together. So no. you're trying to... I didn't have the basics of English, mm. and then you're trying to do Latin and stuff like that. just.
2: How about your sister? Did she have the same problems with uh, she a No, she,
0: she was a bit lucky. She had her own room, mm-hmm. and um, she was able to concentrate on her studies and things like that. And so she did okay. She did mm. quite well mm-hmm. in her studies and... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um she didn't go to uni. I was the first one in the family to go to uni. Funny enough, but um, but she did quite well and got a, a job in the public service, Commonwealth no. Government sort of no. thing.
2: So, um, where'd you go to high school? Um,
0: well, I, I, that was my high school. So, sort of like some Pats went there yeah. for two years, failed two in a row, and then from there, the family broke up. Um, what do you mean you broke and, up? And would- um, well. With that, the war affected him, he was in a concentration camp, that sort of stuff he was um starting his mind was playing up, he was getting a little bit old, he wasn't looking as good and all that and he was suspicious that mum might have been playing up that yep, type of stuff yep, yep. and he didn't get any counseling so in those years, there was no he, he could do all sorts of brutalities in war as it happens yep. but they never had any counseling so what we hear about um post traumatic and all these awesome. sorts of things nothing nothing done then and so People who'd been in those walls had to live with it. Anyway, the the family, the marriage broke down. We had to escape from there because it was getting very violent and uh had to move a few schools, moved from uh, St Pat's College to Ballarat East High School. From there then we moved down to Melbourne and I went to Elwood High School for a year and then from there once again we moved out to Doncaster to Donvale
2: High School for Since a, a number you, of how years. How did your mother survive? Because there wasn't any refugees in those days. and
0: uh, how did she survive? When, mm. Yeah, uh, she she managed on her own. I mean, the older sister. We came down. And we stayed with the older sister's place. Right. She had a, a, a flat two-bedroom flat, mm-hmm. and uh, she had a, a reasonably good-paying job. And then mum was getting the widow's pension, that type of stuff. So right. as a single mum, she had uh, by then she had five children, mm-hmm. and uh, and she she. So the four
2: of you moved in with your sister. Your mother. Four and of four, was,
0: That's right. Yes, she took us mm-hmm. in an emergency, and then we stayed there for a while, and then moved out to. Um, Don Vale, yep Don Vale yeah.
2: and, and are all your brothers and sisters alive? Um, yes they're Yes,
0: still- it's a dysfunctional family Doesn't you well, all to, that welcome, well But, uh, welcome, welcome but to the they're the all club. alive, yeah
2: Welcome to the human club Yeah, both <laughs> mum yeah. and dad have passed away now, Right, yeah. right And did um, did, you, did you ever reconcile with your father? Or? Um Reconcile with
0: him No Not after the Breakup and the thing we, we did go and see him The children went and see him But he never reconciled With mum He just mm. somehow It's sort of How would you put it Yeah I, th- I don't know Whether he just couldn't Bear the fact That he'd he he'd spent a lot of lies saying, "Oh, this person's you know playing up with me, mum." This yeah, person, and yeah, and uh, yeah. you know, I don't know where they couldn't work it all out. Or he ended up, as far as I know, he took his life in 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 South Australia somewhere. He took his life, right, yeah.
2: right. right. And and your mum, how long? Um, what
0: what did she do for the rest of her? As uh, she got part time job as a single mum, and uh, she worked through it, and she put us through schooling, and uh, so she was an excellent mum, excellent role model, and that's mm-hmm. probably um. You know, I work with a lot of single mums now, but she was a, you know, a wonderful, wonderful woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. when, did, when did she die? Uh, she died, um would have been about eight years ago. About eight years ago. So yeah. she had a reasonably full life. Did she have yeah. grandchildren? Um, no. Uh, yes, she has two. But uh, once again, because of dysfunctional
2: situation, she didn't see a great deal of them. Right, right. So the legacy of that difficult childhood is the fact that there's very little contact now is there between brothers and sisters and yes not not a great deal of contact varying varying degree of contact mm. between each of them sort of thing mm-hmm. yeah. and you said you got to university how did that happen you, you, you failed grades seven and yeah. eight in the 60s so yeah. what happened
0: yeah um well sort of like um, after after the family broke down went to Elwood high school that's when i started getting a little bit of confidence started to Achieve a little bit because mm-hmm. of, uh, prior to that it was all negative, negative. put downs from there north. He he probably thought that by putting me down, he would build me you up. Yeah, and um, but it didn't work that way. But at the uh, Elwood High School I started to do a little, bit, a little bit better in sport and academically and things like that. Sport.
2: Yep. You don't know, look like a sportsman. Well, yeah. what, what
0: did you excel at? <laughs> Used to do a bit of cross country,
2: a long distance running. Oh and well, yeah, that, that makes did do a little yeah. bit of amateur boxing. Just amateur boxing. <laughs> amateur <laughs> yeah, boxing. I'm sure that came in handy later on in life. Oh well, it was just uh, yeah. it was just one of those stages
0: you grow through, sort right. of thing. Right. Yeah. Right. So right. it was, you know, forming this uh, just self worth, searching for meaning, yeah. that sort of stuff. Existential things were very, very important in terms of my journey, sort of thing.
2: Even when you're a young person. Yes, yeah, pretty. Much. You're wanting
0: to know, well, where do I come? Okay, you come for your parents. What am I meant to be doing? You're in this amazing sort of a place. What role, you know, you're here for 75 years. What's what? What's the point? And you see a lot of injustice and things like that. What's the point of this whole thing? And as a young so, teenager, you were thinking that? All those thoughts were going through mine from a young age, yeah. And you think, why? Well, it's because
2: of the difficult upbringing or? Um, or no, just things? the
0: fascination and search for search for meaning. Look, um, part of the. Um, Thing of, of of the sport, and that was exploring like you see what people strive for they strive for making money, fame in sport, this and that and the other. I was exploring them one by one and find that uh, it wasn't fulfilling. There was, um, as, as the U2 sing, I'm still haven't found what I'm looking for, that type <laughs> <Right>. of stuff. <laughs> so,
2: what you actually graduated from high school? Um,
0: got, got to year, um, year 11, got right. through year 11. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I, 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 I got employed by the Commonwealth Public Service, Department of Labor and Department of National Service, that sort of place, and then um, and then later I got dismissed from there, but... but uh,
2: Hang on, hang on, hang on. Let's go back a step. <laughs> now, you got dismissed. Yes. You weren't a draft resistor, were you? A draft what? A draft resistor. No, 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 no my no. name was balloted
0: out. However... However, in this search for meeting, I got into house... This, this inner
2: turmoil, yeah. I got into housebreaking. Let's and go um, back, Let's go back one step, <laughs> all right. You were a Commonwealth public servant. Yes. You were working for the Department of National Service. Yes. Your, your ballot didn't come up. No. Right. And how did, you, how did you go from that to housebreaking? Well,
0: then then I'd, 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 I'd be working the public search during the day. At, at night, I'd go and put my cat's stay upon and go and do burgers, and that because I was in a turmoil and searching for me and all this. So it was a part of a... Letting what, out of the youthful bur- frustration. You're a cat burglar. Well, some would say that, but you're just just a burglar, I just suppose. Just a burglar, just an ordinary burglar here yeah. yeah. at night, only at night. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, when did all this come to a screaming halt? <laughs> um, well, we sort of we did a did a p- p- place over in Ballarat. So there are a few of you. N- we, my young brother. Held oh, out. your brother!
2: Right, you drew, you drew your brother to a life of crime. <laughs> yeah, crying. I like that. Yeah. Good boy. So what a role Good. model. Aren't? What a role
0: model. Go on. Anyway, so we did a p- place over in Ballarat and. Um, and uh, and we got chased, and the car ran off the road, and uh, we we headed off over the paddocks, ran away, and we hitchhiked back to Melbourne. But through the car, they tracked us down, and uh, they eventually tracked me down. The public service was still working there, and <laughs> <laughs> So
2: they just turn up. The police turn up one day. The public service. That's right. Yeah. So they... Where's Bill? Yeah, that's right. They... Really, they just led you away. Took me away. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. What happened then? You went to court, I assume. Yeah, went to court. This is what, the early 70s? This would have been
0: in... 74, 75? Went the jail. September 73 got out in June 74.
2: Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. You went to jail? Yes. In September 73? This is yeah. for the breakies? Yes, the break-ins, for the... Break and entry. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. but this about,
0: 13, about 13 properties, that yeah. sort yeah. of but stuff. This, but this... This is your first offence. This is the first time you're in court, isn't it? No, but it's because a number. There's thirteen. When they caught us, they'd, they'd had thirteen things they could pin on me, sort of thing. Oh, right, right. So, and
2: What happened to your poor younger brother?
0: Um, he he, he he was too young, and he was just let off, sort of he thing. He was let off. So yes. Well, at least you kind yes, of did the right yes. thing. Yeah, well, oh, sort of. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, I suppose it's, you, you didn't, I didn't realise I was a role model to him and all yeah. that sort of stuff. And Dad wasn't sort of a, he wasn't very close, so I didn't know much about role modeling and stuff like that. It, yeah. So no. it's, it's only now that I look back that, uh, yeah. you know, I realise that, um, yeah, it wasn't a, wasn't a good role model. So, how many, how many months did you spend in jail? Uh, spent, um, they, 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 they they pinned me for five years, but out of that, I um, did a minimum of nine months. And uh, but that's not was bad, is it? Nine yeah, months but there's the
2: circumstances in jail that would uh, show... You weren't in the old Pentridge, were you? In Pentridge, yeah. What, first offence? Yep. you what, Twenty, twenty-two. Yep, A-Division Pentridge, A-Division yeah. Pentridge. Yes. Now, we've heard a lot of stories about Pentridge. What yes. was it like in those days? Um, that's 45 years ago, isn't it? Yeah.
0: Yeah, a bit of a shock to the system when you go in. and um, But uh, how would you put it, just... Uh, just kept to myself, that type of stuff, mm-hmm. but there was an inner transformation happening. This existential thing had come to a come to a head, and um, I thought, "Well, I've tried this, I've tried that, tried there. They got no, no, no. They lead nowhere. I'm going to knock myself.
2: So that was the, the what you're going to kill yourself. Yeah, that's it, what it, you felt it, in Pendridge?
0: That's well. Well, what had happened? It's not not. It, it, it Wasn't just to do with Pentridge. It's no, the everything. Yeah. It's a thing of searching for meaning and mm-hmm. finding out that all the different things that people strive for—millionaires—it's it's all empty. And then, then saying, "Well, that's all empty. There's nothing more to live for. Life's worthless. There's no point in it. You just exist. You here is nothing. As a as a molecule, and then that's it. So, all these things came to. Me. I thought, "Well, there's no no point in. It. So, so I was seriously contemplating knocking myself here.
2: Right, and yep. uh, this was after you were released from prison or No, in prison? this was in, in jail in itself. What yep. changed
0: your mind? Um, well, it was, I a, a suppose, of time, time to reflect. You know, you're spending 14 hours in the cell each night, time to reflect. And, uh, look, in me, in me journey in terms of, um, you know, Catholic schools and this and that and the other of just... That sort of thing, and their they talk about God and this and that and the other. Well, I thought, well, I don't trust them. I, I you know, I, I've got to suss this out for myself. And I was I was reading, looking at the Quran, I was looking looking at different forms of spirituality, and and looking at the at the uh, the New Testament, and that sort of stuff, and talked about this God who loves and cares and and um, all this sort of stuff. And I thought, well, you know, if this if this being's there, I just want to suss it out. I don't trust no one. So in the in the privacy of my own cell, I said, listen, if 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 you're there. You know of sort of uh in the past I've, I didn't want to hear nothing to do with that sort of thing, but if you're there or just as a last resort, want to check out whether there's anything any substance otherwise i I'm, I'm not interested in this sort of life so um, it was about a better period of about three months of 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 communicating the deepest deepest yearnings to try and find meaning and searching that I found that there was a a live communication happening a, a, a response happening to the my deeper inner. In a search, what an internal response or an auditory response? It wasn't an auditory, but uh, it was it was freaky. It was uh, a response to your deepest questions, was somehow coming through someone saying something, or was reading something, or whatever. So there's a, it was really it was as if a, a, a some someone was reading me mind and right. was was communicating and responding. Mm. It was a loving, caring type of a. Being responding, and it was it it coincided with the type of stuff they were talking about—this historical Christ figure. Mm. And you don't think you were having a mental um, breakdown? No, not over. No, 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 it was a. So, so from that, I thought, well, there was sort of thoughts of caring coming, and I saw all these poor bugs—a very high percentage of prisoners in jail, seeing them suffering. A lot of them psychiatric problems, intellectually disabled, and I thought all well, this stuff, people sitting around bored and stuff. And I thought, see so, so these thoughts of concern started coming. I thought, mm-hmm. well, you know, what can I, what could can happen here? And um, so, to cut a long story short, um, um, with. People who were in there too, and some of the ministers and that. I thought, well, there was a, a massive famine on in Ethiopia at the time, and I thought, well, no. what could we do? So, cut a long story short, we organised a runathon for 56 prisoners for all sorts of crime. They each committed to running seven miles each. The um, the, the, the ministers were going to organise contacts outside. We had Father Brosnan, who was with Channel yep. 7, different mm. connections and that. So within a short period of time, the media were in on it and stuff. And on, on New Year's Day, it was a front – New Year's Day, 70, 1973, it was front page, all the newspapers, TV, all that sort of stuff that uh, this guy inside that organised this runathon and seventy, 70 75 75 prisoners, no, 56. Sorry, 56 prisoners were on the run. They had this sort of thing. Yeah, prisoners yeah, on, on the, the run, run. On, on the, the run. <laughs> of, you, <laughs> might, you might remember front page yeah, sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, Lee threat or some some of those guys were still in these. But you know, so that was a, a look like in terms of you mentioning. Oh, I, was assume, a, I
2: assume the runner fun was in Pentridge. In Pentridge, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. weren't let loose in the streets of Coburg. No, so all
0: this, all the sponsors were sent out. Even yeah. the Department, Commonwealth Government, all oh. the sponsors were sent out. Right, and. Uh, and even though the Commonwealth department dismissed it, they kept in touch Right. and um, sort of thing. So, so it was quite a quite a moving thing. So, when you say that was did I have a nervous breakdown? It was no nervous breakdown. It was some creative stuff happening. I thought, well, there's a creative spirit moving, and mm-hmm. I want to listen to this creative spirit mm-hmm. and start doing something creative. And that's one of the creative things that happened. And then uh, another creative thing happened was uh, I was due out on a. Prior to me, during, during that the, the the government went through the red. tape, cut the red tape. They sent this assistant director back in with the personal office and said that we're reinstating you. So I got out on a Friday. They reinstated me back on a on a on a Monday. This is the Commonwealth public Commonwealth service. Gov- government, government. Commonwealth public service. I wouldn't do that today, would they? Isn't no, there? No forgiveness. I don't, today? I don't know what it is done today, but uh, no, they no had a yeah. yeah. They had a section in that department which we call the resettlement of offenders or something at that time. I don't mm-hmm. think they got that now. Well, I'm not sure, but uh, mm-hmm. so that that's another thing that sort of hit me that uh, there's some some creative spirit moving. Mm-hmm. So got my job back, and then the director came down and he welcomed me back, and that because they could see things, something creative happening. Mm-hmm. So they they saw someone who before a crime com, com, police coming in all this sort of stuff, and then they saw this stuff happening, and they so it was a bit of a Mm-hmm. You know, one of those freaky things. So how long did you last
2: back at your old job? Well, I,
0: I sort of went back there and then uh, did some uh, afternoon school. They had uh, study leave, did uh, uh, year 12, one, one subject. And uh, and then uh, that, that qualified me for, that would have given me qualification for university, mature age, university entrance, which I didn't do then. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, Two years back in the public service, I got and I was starting doing voluntary. Started work, doing youth work around Mentone, some of those areas, and uh, some of the people picked up on the the skills I had, and they offered me a job under the community youth support scheme. What year? Seventy nine. Uh, Seventy seven. Seventy seven. Yep, right. So I left the public service, took on took on that sort of. Uh, Grants that the government was giving and uh, took a step step out from security and stuff and headed into areas of uh, working with the homeless fraud. Been, been in that sort of similar work there for
2: 45 years, sort of thing. Right. Going back to your first foray in Mentone, what was it like in 77? So, when you
0: say foray, what do you mean by foray?
2: Well, go- going, in, you know, you've given up your job. Yep. You've, been, you've, got, you've got some type of grant yep. to assist homeless yep. youth, I yep. assume. Yep, What was it like?
0: Well, the Salvation Army got it. Actually, it was
2: in Mordialic.
0: Right. I was doing the voluntary work at a coffee shop prior to the Mordialic place. Mm-hmm. But um, the Salvos got a grant and they employed me in Mordialic. We started up a youth centre just for young people coming off mm-hmm. the streets and that, working with were coming out of drug scene, crime, all sorts of scenes. We were helping them get on their feet and mm-hmm. then... In, in, get find employment, all that sort of. So we able to provide a transition sort of thing for them.
2: How how hard was it? How hard was to get individuals into this transition made from you know um, drug well, addiction we, to work? Seventy seven. We, we
0: had quite ethical and caring staff. So we 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 got a grant which was going to cover for five full time employment. And what the staff said, right? We don't need this money. We'll split it amongst. 10 or 8 staff which which enable us to be more creative we're able to do camping take kids away camping um Sort of drug detox, um, remedial education, do, do a whole heap of variety of things mm. rather than just come out of the gutter, come out and, and sit in front of a computer. We're able to do that transition and creatively work with these kids personally, sort of one on and one on. So we're able to just do very, very creative work and, um, mm. Mm. and, 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 and with the process, we're able to get some of these kids. O- off the drugs, getting them into work and all that
2: sort of stuff. So your life experiences obviously assisted you in being able to interact with these kids. I'm sorry? Your life experiences would have helped you interact.
0: Oh, very much so, very much so. Like, I mean, so what was happening is the, the negatives of broken family, single mum raising me, the the jail experience, refugee gave the empathy and all that sort of stuff, and somehow the negatives were able to be changed to a positive um, rather than sort of a breakdown or... or all that sort of stuff. I'm still recovering. Still recovering from that. However, the empathy and and using those things to feel with people, walk in their shoes, and then enable them to get on on their feet. It was a um, it, it was a, a, an empathy and creative way of, of relating to building up connection with them. Uh, th- them relating, that understanding that this person's not just a social worker, this person knows where I'm at, and, and that, that connection, and, and them trusting and all that sort of stuff. So we had a creative type of a thing here.
2: Mm-hmm. Did you live locally? In-
0: uh, so living in, I've been living in, lived in Mentone, um, Edithwell, Seaford, all the, the different sorts of areas You're along the railway. So most of my work has been along the Frankston Online.
2: line. Look, it's uh, 4.31. This is Radical Australian Community Radio. Yeah. 3CR, 855 on your AM dial, streaming live on 3cr.org.au. This program is podcast, so if you nature calls, you can access the podcast any time over the next few weeks. Her Serene Highness, Dale Bridge, is doing all the technical stuff. But she hasn't asked a question yet, but she will, because she's identifying here, Bill. She's identifying, I can see it, although I can't see her eyes. <laughs> and we're uh, talking to young William Bill Najee, the Reverend. They call him down <laughs> south of the era where all the good people live. <laughs> now, it's very intense. This this type of work, Bill. People don't understand how intense it is because you're you're changing a lifetime of uh, moving in one direction and pushing people in another direction. What's the failure rate like at this early this early stage in the seventies when you're dealing with their kids with drug problems? And failure homelessness? rate? Yeah. Um, it was,
0: well, well, well,
2: in terms in terms of people saying, "Oh, stuff, this I'm not interested." I just
0: want to continue the way I am. Well, we we tended to want to sort of – when kids were coming in, we tended to draw beside the ones who wanted to help themselves. So we we weren't forcing people. But as kids come in, you you see which ones were wanting to make an effort and you spent the time with uh, that sort of – so self-help, empowering their cooperation, then putting the effort was an important thing, and then things could happen while that, they were giving that wholehearted effort. Ones who weren't making an effort, you know, you just give them time or whatever. Yeah. But uh, we had a very good rate in terms of the one who, who, ones who chose to get involved and participate, or very, very high. Yeah.
2: How hard was finding work for these kids?
0: At the time, in the 70s, it was still reasonable. Kids who were recovering and making an effort, it was still reasonable chance. So employers
2: were quite happy to take them on. Yeah, yes. Or did you have to do a lot of work?
0: Um, employers were happy to more, more prepared, more, more in a position to take them. I'd say I think it's harder now for small business to take people on. There's there's more pressure on small business. It's hard, but uh, in that time there was a bit more more um, th- they could do it more. And I think there was more government support. Yes. W- yeah. for, there for was the more young people. So how long did you work for the Salvation Army for? Um, well, it was, uh, wasn't the Salvation Army. They got the grant and, and right. we, we were working yeah. there. Yeah. I worked there um, in the Salvos in, in that role probably for about uh, seven or eight years, something like that. Mm. What, what made you decide to move on? Um, the, the What had happened was the, the, in that time the governments were starting to change. They were making the... Um, the 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 grants harder to get and they were being more rigid they were expecting they were wanting to do away with all the creative things that would help in terms of detox or camping or anything that was s- supportive in in moving kids from the gutter to to work they were doing away with cutting those sorts of things and it was harder and they were bringing more computers kids come out of the gutter sitting in front of the computer rah, 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 and a lot of kids weren't into that so um um how a, as the as the the rigidity of the um, of the of the of the reason why they gave grants was made made it harder. I just found it harder to work under the, those rigid systems, and then uh, I, I did a bit of work with lifeline phone counselling, and that's when I uh, did that, and, and that's when I started doing the uni studies. Mm. I did eleven and a half years of uni studies, and it, and in that time, what I was, were you doing? What subjects were you doing? Well, I was doing it uh, concerned about things like. Um, Community development right um, you know recovery of people from broken situation, those sorts of things so you 're doing things that would assist you very much so, but it was under the uh, we had um, it was under the under the thing of a theological degree, but, but right. we're very fortunate that the uh, the staff we were doing it at, at the college were very very left wing very um, uh, very left wing politically they could see the left wing side of uh, like Jesus was a left wing. Um, Socialist, that, mm-hmm. that, that, that's the sort of stuff that they saw, Saw and, mm-hmm. and some of the Old Testament prophets where they were challenged corruption and all that sort of stuff. So I was very fortunate to have some really good teachers who weren't just a narrow, narrow sort of accept Jesus as your Lord and save everything will be hunky dory. They were sort of, um, they were in touch with the hurting, very caring, and they saw that side of the historical Christ where he was stood up for the for injustices, where he, um, he was on the run most of his life because he stood up against uh, injustice and all that sort of jazz. And uh, so I was pretty fortunate to get those sorts of teachers. But um, I chose to do it over 11 and a half. He's, normally people would do it in four years. Chose to, so I could just do one unit per semester, get out there, keep working on the streets. I was still working with the homeless in St Kilda, running a soup van mm-hmm. and, and integrating the studies and, and making it relevant and, and connecting it, so making sure that everything so, connected.
2: So when were you running the soup... Van in Saint Kilda. Uh,
0: running the soup van from about around nineteen ninety something like they did for about sixteen years in Saint Kilda. In
2: Saint Kilda, so yeah. You, what is entailed in running a soup van? I mean, you weren't get were you getting any support from anywhere?
0: No, no support. The the, so the, so the idea of no support. So, so how, did it start, how did this idea start? off? Um, well, I, I went. I was walking around, seeing all the homeless people on the streets, living on the streets, and I thought I've got to do something about this. The spirit of caring was moving me and i think i've got to do something about this sort of what can be and uh I-, I come across this guy who um Who's cutting up sandwiches and handing out to the people and talking to them and things like that. And I thought, well, that seems to be practical. So he was walking around with a shopping trolley and had firms and things like that. Mm. And I thought, oh well, just I might as well spend some time with him He I mean, seemed a nice person. So two of us used to walk the streets with shopping trolleys and um and furnaces and stuff, and then he eventually got a van. He'd built up some trust with the homeless, got a van, and he started had a hot water system, started working with that. And then he had to pull out of the, that work. I worked with him for about a year or something. He had to pull out, he sold the to me, and then, then other people came in, and we expanded it, made it more holistic in terms of informal counselling, you know, waterproof sleeping bags, blankets, um, food, um, just all sorts of us so it expanded its thing So it was very, very relevant to people living on the streets and their context and stuff. So, now, a lot of people don't understand why people live on the
2: streets. Why do people live on the streets?
0: Um, well, it's it's, a, it's, it's complex. Um, Sometimes it's uh often could be drugs like um young young Australians, young young males. I mean for for many years now People have been sent off to war. So what's happened is a lot, a lot of a lot of Australian men have been killed in wars, and younger generations haven't had role models. So you, you're getting young young guys now with anger issues, all those sorts of things. But we're finding kids on the streets using drugs. Some of it blocking out past loss and grief issues. Counselling is hard to access. It's it's expensive. So a lot of these. Young people are, both in the past and now, are using substances to block out loss and grief issues. If the government it, would only make make counselling more affordable, people could work issues through. But people don't have coping skills, uh, recovery skills from past mm-hmm. broken, all that sort of stuff. So it's uh, how would you put it? Um, so, so it's uh, it, it's it's multiple issues. Uh, as I said, broken drugs, broken families. S- so, so these were the kids who were falling through the 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 the, 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 the thing. So it was, yeah. kids who end up in St Kilda on the streets, in boarding houses, and stuff like that have have gone through some of those sorts of difficulties.
2: But why is it your problem? Um, why did you make it your problem? Well, I made it my problem. I mean, most people most people see people on yep. the streets mm-hmm. and they just step over them. Yeah. Some occasionally you may give them a yep. a buck. Yes. All right, just yep. salvage your conscience. Yeah. But most people don't make a life. Of helping people. Yeah. I mean, you spent a lot of time St killed, and obviously then you moved to other places, which we'll talk about. Yeah. But what called you to that type of work? Well, there's this spirit thing which um, – Well, know, tell us about the spirit thing. Well, the spirit,
0: is the, the spirit thing, as I said, I, I, I narrowed the spirit thing down to that, this, that there's a, a loving, caring being behind this uh, – this place, this place that we're in earth and all the trees and the flowers and human beings. So loving, caring being behind this whole thing. Some people call it Allah. Some people, you know, the Aboriginals call it the, the Great White Spirit. The um, Judeo-Christians call it God, whatever that means. So if, you don't, if you don't put a character to it, it's empty. But if you start filling that up... Um, I mean, you, you call yourself an atheist, and, and I guess I guess there's there's two ways of looking at this. If you're an atheist with a heart for caring and compassion and justice, and um, all those sorts of things, I think you're, you're barking up a tree where you'll eventually get to very very high ideals, and and you'll find that uh, that the the meaning behind this universe is 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 a being with high ideals. So. I'm, Judeo-Christian, you know, background. That way, they'll go through God and and the, the prophets and that sort of stuff, mm. and um and and then Jesus, and you'll see in in the institutional churches, Jesus, that sort of stuff, caring, loving, all that sort of stuff. And if you start to dig deeper, like, I, I, to me, the superficial Jesus didn't connect for too long i had to go sort of start looking at it a little bit deeper and this left wing theological stuff that i was getting where it was uh connecting socially and stuff like that started making me look at this historical christ figure and say well okay well who is this 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 figure you know what what was he on about was he just a do-gooder and stuff why did he, why was he on the run most of his life who was he challenging who was after him um why when he was executed, why did he have crims on ID side? Could he have been classified as a crim because he was hanging around with the uh the, the, the that element? would the herald Sun in his time classified him as a as a um, you know as a, as, a, as a radical activist troublemaker no good at all that sort of stuff? if he was here today, where would he be hanging out would be, would be, would he be an activist out amongst the uh, supporting the aboriginals supporting um you know, single mums supporting the marginalised, and that's exactly where I'd find him. And and I think he's had a lot of mis, a lot of bad press. And uh, mm. you know, all this gold and glitter and that stuff we see in the institutional churches is a, a long, long way from the uh, from the founder that sort of stuff. So I think we need to get back to the germ of it. So if we get back to the germ of it, that that's the figure that I examined, and I find that that. That figure is a very, very caring being who was so caring that he was prepared to stand up and cost mm. him his life sort of thing so that 's the figure that 's drawing me into this sort of stuff of of compassion of empathy walking walked in their shoes, and um, their voice sometimes they can 't articulate they can 't represent things so I guess so i 'm in a situation where i can I feel comfortable in the um, you know the the public servant the the bureaucracy, all those sort of inter- relating that side the institutional church all that and I feel comfortable in in putting on me me uh me baseball hat and all that sort of stuff and and being comfortable in the uh mm. in the marginalized scene so so you're building bridges you yeah. you're sort of yeah. letting people know in the other scenes this and this is what's going on, get a bit of an insight, get a bit of understanding of what this Christ figure' on about sort of so opening that up, moving. Church people get off their backside and have a look at who they're following and and get behind it all and then uh, moving from these people who need caring and support
2: and advocacy so uh, i don't know whether... you you've, you've given up your, you've given up your life haven't you it's your a, it's personal a, it's a, life it's a, well, it's a calling is it's it? a ca- it's a calling yeah and I
0: mean, I mean, so what, rap- what type of personal life do you have well well uh, With this, with this calling, it was so, it struck me so much when, when I realised that there was their caring being. It struck me so, I said, well, listen, if you're really there. And, and and you've made this place and you really care and all this sort of stuff and you pulled me out of this crap sort of thing, I, I'm happy to dedicate my life to this cause. So, so the that's a decision you've made? This I mean, is, this it's is a decision a de- I've made, This yeah. is a decision? It's a decision I've made and, and it's in conjunction with a call. Right. It's a call, it's, it's an invita- a free will invitation mm-hmm. and I've responded to a call. I can butt out any time I want yes. but I choose each day to get up and, and continue on this sort of stuff. But um,
2: you don't have government grants, you don't have... Uh how, how do you manage to do all I'll this? I choose work? not to. Choose. Not ah, I, to. Know choose. Yeah, I know you chose. I know. Tell to. us why you chose not to.
0: Chose not to because uh, every, whether it's you get it from a grant from a church, Catholic Church, or this, uh, they, 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 they've got strings attached, and they want you to okay, just do our work within the Catholic Church, or if you have got Baptist Church, do our. Work. But I, I'm not called to that. I'm called to be uh, to work with all human beings. Walk with uh, a spirituality that's broad. Broad enough to relate to people who who don't know nothing about uh, any spirituality, who just uh, just struggling and stuff like that. people who do have a spirituality, people who who are um, who who are disgruntled with the institution. So you you're working with a whole lot of people in all sorts of contexts and that, and you're working creatively with them, trying to understand their context, trying to understand the issues that they're grappling with, and helping them to try and un- un- unravel, enabling them to try and mm-hmm. unravel. So you're journeying in with them in solidarity, you know to you're not a know all, but but you're on a journey together. Right. So, so when did you leave St Kilda? Uh, finished in St Kilda would have been ran about. It wasn't a sort of clear cut thing. There was a, St Kilda was getting gentrified by about the nineteen uh, nineteen oh two ran about sort of ran right. about the sorry not two thousand two yeah yeah, yeah two thousand sorry um, getting gentrified and there were a lot of boarding houses the Regal Hollywood. Uh, lots of lots of boarding houses were being changed from low-cost housing to, to a f- expensive apartments. So a lot of the poor people were being pushed out. They were heading out towards Dufton, Frankston, Dandenong, all those sorts of areas. So because we were mobile, we we moved out with them and followed the people
2: sort of thing. So what do you mean you were mobile? You still had the van? We were still working from the van, yeah. Mm. Yes. So, so no government grants, uh, no job. There's petrol, food, yep. Yep. blankets... How do you wangle all that? Yeah, well, so from you uh, didn't go back to your breaking and entering days. No, no. no.
0: Pa- part of the uh, part of the thing of the, the the work we were doing with the homers was also job creation. We were in a, a little gardening type thing where we took right. them out; they were doing gardening and right. trying to start up small businesses. Helping them start up small businesses. Right. And um, as the government was sort of cutting cutting things out and stuff like that, we we the people i were working with they eventually decided to pull out of that and they opened up the gardening as a self self-employing type thing of of giving us an income mm-hmm. and then uh, so i was able to fund the work from that and eventually the people who who were who were involved this this commute this communal type of effort they eventually over a period of about five or six years they eventually got other sort of jobs and i had the choice of Purchasing the little business and then uh, using using that as a, as an income source. So you'd be doing gardening during the day, raising the income and self funding it for the work on weekends and every aspects of the work right. over a number of now probably now twenty five years or so.
2: Well, tell us about a typical week. I want to go through every day. What do you do on a Monday regularly?
0: So so in terms of the gardening now, I'm sort of now eligible for the pension. So so right. um, I'm in, in that process of applying. However, prior to to the pension, yeah. it was um, you know you'd be working. Working during the day, gardening, mm-hmm. A typical day would be you know, you'd know, have the jobs arranged, you'd, you'd arrange the customer, all that sort of stuff, then you'd go and do gardening, stuff like that. On the way home, you'd be picking up bread or whatever, whatever else you could for the homeless type of work, veggies, whatever people were giving. Mm-hmm. That'd be going on the van and then um, as many nights as it had energy to, you'd be going out to areas where, where you're working with the marginalised and holistically working with them. And then still giving so, so who are the marginalized today uh, today 's situation now um, with the governments both governments hitting in that way uh, the marginalized so they 'd be the aboriginal single mums I mean with this latest um, latest budget they 're hitting intellectually disabled the the people. You know, the whole prison system's now getting privatised, so a whole lot of unemployed people, a lot of people doing Mickey Mouse courses, a lot of young people landing in the jail system and being exploited, that sort of stuff. So people coming out of jail, Aboriginal single mums, um, refugees, um, who else? Uh,
2: But But we're told every day by government and the media there are all these services available. Yep. So is that a lie It's a lot of spin it 's a lot of lie. You, you go out to Moore, well, some of those
0: outer suburbs, and that, the poor bug is getting pushed out to get s- affordable housing they get dead end jobs and then the deal is taken their alcohol taken the drugs and all that sort of stuff in and people are blocking out deep loss and grief issues in terms of trying to cope with those sorts of things so there 's a lot of a lot of lies, a lot of spin the The media is owned by a handful of people, so a lot of these people don 't get airplayed or don 't get on the on the um to, to express their views as soon as the secretary on the, on the someone rings up they 'll they'll,
2: they'll wipe them out it that so they don 't get onto the road so well, a classic is today if you uh, I actually looked at the headlines in the Bludger's paper that 's the Herald Sun because those bastards never pay tax and it was all about the uh you know the homeless in the city yeah how they're a threat to everybody And yes. and, and melbourne's most livable city right yes. I mean, yes. so it's the same garbage every every yes. year it's yes, the same the garbage of, a lot of it you're finding more of this more more people being homeless and yeah more and more people
0: being homeless more and more lies and deceit being spun about them um and there's deep suffering and high high death rate high suicide rate um high depression High hopelessness. All this those is among things.
2: the people you work with.
0: Well, there's a lot, of, a lot of the homeless generally, but but we, we now concentrate on, at the moment... The, you know the the, the 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 people I normally work with will depe- will depend on the people who are offering me help and the, and their giftedness wow. and the people who help me at the moment are, are women who have got uh, great gifts in terms of working with children who've been abused and enabling recovery women who've been abused enabling recovery and that working with aboriginal 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 people refugees um they are the, the areas of gifted us so that, that's that's the area we're mainly sort of uh, working in and empowering and journeying with these people in solidarity resourcing them
2: and um and and yeah and being there for them as as best we can well I think people in that situation can see through bullshit and uh, you know i've done my work homework on you young william and uh, you 've got an impeccable pedigree and character as far as assisting people and not actually having a you know not wanting secondary gain. I mean you don 't advertise mm-hmm. you 're not on the net mm-hmm. you don 't um, blow your own horn, mm-hmm. you know um, people trust you, yep. they come to the van, they yep. talk to you
0: yeah you uh, choose- and then
2: that comes over years and years of working
0: yeah well, you choose you choose not to advertise because you are not one to be to be used up. If the government knows we 're sinking money into this we 're mobilizing people we're caring for all this, then they say, well, they'll give you a badge, pat you on the back and say, aren't you wonderful, all this sort of stuff, and then withdraw funds, even more funds from those areas. So mm. we're streetwise, we're not there to be used up, we're there to care for people that they're neglecting and hold them accountable and we're supporting people like you because we've got the gifts on the street levels, that sort of stuff, grassroots, but we're relying on good people like yourself to to represent these people at a political level and uh, you know, through the radio and 3 cr and the work that they do because... You know, we, we've got to work as a team, as a cohesive team, and um, yeah. So it's uh, um, yeah. So when did
2: you stumble across 3CR? Um,
0: probably. Um, oh, it's it's a good question. I, I can't remember now. But I, I usually write, you know, do the surf in terms of the radio because you've got to sort for the truth, and that there's so much bullshit being spun. So I'm, wherever I can get a bit of truth, but I'm finding that the I'm getting most truth from from 3CR and from selected people there. I do get a little bit from Radio National here and there, or mm. whatever. But uh, generally, I get a lot of a lot of truth from from here, and uh, um, so so I'll get a lot of contrasting information, and then make up my own mind. But I'm finding I'm getting a lot of uh, good good stuff from here.
2: So so three CR is playing a role then.
0: Is is playing a role in terms of. The, 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 I mean, the media is now being dumbed down. As a society, we're being dumbed down, TV all, the, all being owned by a few people. And to to get get to truth and do clear thinking, we need to research and stuff like that. And this is a, a very, very important avenue where we do, do our research and search for truth. We we can't go and bullshit. We need, we need the truth and follow that sort of thing.
2: So you think you found the truth?
0: Well, I, th- I think this is an avenue for truth, an mm-hmm. avenue of people of conviction, and uh, giving their time and energy um, out of concern for for the community and all that sort of stuff for the marginalised and that, I think this is an, an important avenue for truth to be uh, mm.
2: to be espoused. Yes. And physically, how have you been coping?
0: Uh, pretty good. Try to. Keep keep pretty fit, I, you know My gas has been cut so but I, I live off uh, raw veggies, fruit, all that sort of stuff, just uh, bread you know ho- whole meal bread so i don't get time to cook occasionally people might give me a bit of food, but just raw veggies so so it's how uh, right. yeah, would you probably back in the uh, you know if if you remember the um, the myth mm. the Adam and Eve, Eve myth where they just had trees and nuts and this and that and the other right, right, right. That's well, how you survive. back to that I, I live yeah. off those sorts of things well, i've seen they didn't look- have any cooking because so I thought well uh. they, if they had a good enough we can sort of. <laughs> yeah, well, I've I've seen where you
2: live, Bill, and uh, (laughs) it should have been condemned a a century ago. I know how you live, and you do live. you, You live your life is an open book. It's they, there. Got it, our it, basic needs. We do it, a lot better than a lot of people. Yeah, people would. don't realise how little you actually need, not only to that survive, right, but amazing. to prosper. That's right. It's amazing. I mean, yeah. you know, the, we,
0: we're wasting a lot of the global resources. We're destroying everything, and uh, you don't need much to, to live happily and healthily and wholes, wholesomely and all that sort of stuff. So, so you think
2: it's worthwhile giving up the uh, personal relationships, this journey you've been on? Do you, do you regret to give up personal relationships? Well, regret not having a partner and children.
0: Um, well, I've chosen, uh, chosen, I mean, I've got a lot of women friends, got a yeah. lot of lovely friends, so, uh, yeah. I'm not sort of, uh, socially deprived, I've got wonderful no. friends, but, Good. uh, how would you put it? Um, no, I've chosen, chosen this life. I mean, I, as I said, I don't feel, Deprived in any way or live a whole, 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 wholesome life within the context. You know, it's a simple mm-hmm. life, mm-hmm. but it's, uh, it's, it's wholesome and it's sustainable. I've done it for 45 years or it's so, and uh, you somehow sort of get through. But it's, uh, mm. I, I believe in this sort of life, and in a, in a world where there's so much injustice, I, conscience wise, I wouldn't feel right in doing it any other way. Right. Yeah.
2: They call you the Reverend Bill, don't they? Around? Oh
0: well, they they call me some call me Father Bob, some call me this. Don't call me that. I just hope they call, don't call me a bastard because I do something wrong. But <laughs> right. <laughs> right.
2: So, so, you, so, you actually graduated, did you? As a Reverend? I did. Yeah. I, well, uh, I, I did
0: graduate. Yeah. I, uh, I'm sort of not a. I, I, I'm not 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 qualified to to have a building to work in, but I'm, right. I'm doing <laughs> I'd have working. a van, but not a building. Yeah, I don't <laughs> want a build I chose not to go into a building
2: that way.
0: Yeah. But um, I chose to be out amongst people mm. and trying to play a creative role amongst people who are searching and trying to make sense of things and not give up well just a
2: final statement how do you feel about the future Um, for yourself and generally for the community uh
0: well I think we're we're living in, in a situation where we need to bring hope and we need to be hopeful people too. So, I hope to be a person, even though I struggle with manic depression, bipolar, and and uh, a mixed bag sort of thing. It, uh, sort of, um, I feel I'm generating hope, and we encourage the people who I work with are encouraging hope. We're journeying with women who are very courageous, and uh, and. Uh, they sometimes encourage us. We encourage them. So it's it's a journey in solidarity. In some way, it's gloomy. But I think we've got to go through this sort of process to sort out the uh, sort sort out the process. If the if the people, the powerful and rich aren't listening, we've got to go through this process to sort it out. Eventually, I think the the the, the, the good will win out. It may not be in our lifetime,
2: but it will win out without a doubt. Mm. So you got no regrets? No regrets whatsoever. That's it's amazing to meet a human being who's got no regrets I have regrets every day uh-huh. And Dale has regrets every second day <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's, Look, it's been a pleasure having you, uh, Bill uh, you know, Having you in the studio and talking to you well, about, about your life uh-huh. And more importantly about the work that you do And the sacrifices you've made Which you don't see as sacrifices no, sacrifice. no, not as sacrifices It's
0: it's very fulfilling and
2: So I assume you'll be doing this to the day they carry you out in a box
0: I would, I, would, I would hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll be doing it until the uh, homeless say, listen, you're old fat, you sort of do more trouble than you're worth sort of thing. So <laughs> it's right. just do it unt- until they say, listen, you're you doing say too listening. much trouble. But
2: yeah, well, look, it's extraordinary. Yeah. You're an extra- you've had an extraordinary life. You're an extraordinary human and being. It's been an honour and a pleasure to speak to you and hopefully uh, your example will be act as an example for other people in our community. Uh, if you need any assistance, um, what, people can contact you or or you prefer just to be... The Um, way you
0: are. And uh, people can contact us, yeah. I can can leave the phone number here or whatever sort of thing. You'll leave us a phone number. Okay, then. And and then if anybody's interested, we we will uh, vet the
2: calls and uh, then we'll pass them off. Oh, that would be lovely. Thank you very much. Okay, okay. Well, thank you. Thank you very much, Bill. Thank you very much, Your Serene Highness Dale Bridge. And uh, we'll we'll talk to you again next week.
0: Thank you very much. Much appreciated. Thank you.
1: Everybody talking to their pockets Everybody wants a box of chocolate